0: This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, family, I'm so excited to be with you tonight and I'm so excited to be able to share this word with you. And I want to give a very big thank you to Apostle Thea and Dr. Bear for this opportunity. If we can just bow our heads for a moment and open in prayer. Oh God, we just love you so, so much. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Thank you for your presence with every single person who is listening tonight, Lord. And I thank you, Father God, that that I know, Lord, I can do nothing in my own strength. And Holy Spirit, you are the teacher, so I give myself completely to you. And I thank you that you have plowed our hearts, that you would take this message to our hearts, that it would be harvested, Lord, that your words will just fall on us like soft spring rains, bringing growth in Jesus' mighty name. And we give you alone glory and praise and honor for all that you continue to do in our lives. And everyone said Amen. Well, family, this is our last day of of our 3 start theme, and hasn't it just been an amazing time of refocusing on our 21 days of prayer and fasting, on on our vision, on our commitment to legacy, all of those things, and really just drawing closer to the things, the, the foundations of our faith. It's been so amazing, and right now, I'm really going to ask you just to humor me for a moment and let's just play this game. I want you to think about somebody that, that you love with all your heart. And maybe that person is right there with you, Well, I sure hope so. But just someone you really cannot imagine your, your life without. And think about this now. Think about the most amazing vehicle. If you could have any vehicle, any car in the whole world, what would that be? Okay, can you see it in front of you now? I want you to picture a big red bow in the car, and there's a little card, and your name is on it, and there's your loved one standing, smiling at you, handing you the key. Now, my question is twofold. Firstly, how are you going to feel? I want you to post that right now, just in one word. How are you going to feel? Come on, do it right now. Now, the next, next part of the question is, is how are you going to respond to that person? Now think about this, God, the father of the universe, your creator, sacrificed his most beloved son to give us the greatest gift of all, a gift that will take us to an eternity in his presence, a gift that brings total fulfillment spiritually, mentally, physically, socially, and financially. Now, family, with that in mind, go back to the car. Go back to the way that you would show your gratitude to that person. And consider this, that eternity is not enough time for us to thank God for Jesus. And so tonight, the title of my message is, When All Else Fails. You see, through Jesus, we we get to know that God is is righteousness. He makes us clean. God is sanctifier. He calls us and He separates us. God is healer. He heals all our diseases. God is banner of victory. He defeats all of our enemies. God is shepherd. He speaks to us and He leads us. God is... Even when the storm is raging around us, God is provider. He supplies all of our needs. Family, I could go on and on and on, but that is why He is worthy of our praise. And indeed, we can say with the psalmist in Psalm 48, verse 1, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Now, we at Christian Family Church, we're very serious about worshipping God the biblical way. And also, the way we really get to know God in our weekend services is in this corporate anointing. We, we don't have the band up here every Sunday singing songs just to accommodate people that come late. We, we know that, right? <laughs> but tonight, I want to really discuss seven most asked questions about Thanksgiving, praise, and worship. And question number one is simply, "What is Thanksgiving, praise, and worship?" And Quite simply put, Thanksgiving is that moment when the life of God just fills us, when we're born again, and we're just so overwhelmed with Thanksgiving for God's free gift of eternal life. And you know something? That's even before we get to know what the Bible says, family, about anything. And also, it's something we are always going to be grateful to God for. Secondly, praise. As we get to know God more and more through His Word we fall more and more in love with him. And that expression is praise. And once again, it can never grow stale because we keep growing in the word of God. Now, worship is taking this relationship to be one with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we discover this spiritual intimacy where there's this beautiful exchange of God flooding our being with his glory. And we respond to his awesome presence. Let me give you three examples of how this is described in the word and to whom it applies. And firstly, the Bible declares that all creation proclaims the praises of God. Have a look at this in Psalm 148, from verse 1, it says, praise the Lord. That's simply an instruction, it's a command. Carries on, it says, praise him from the heavens, praise him in the heights above, Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens. Praise Him, you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at His command they were created. Jesus makes this amazing statement. He says, if we don't praise Him, even the rocks will cry out. Did you know, family, structured in the atoms of every subatomic particle is the potential to praise God? There is nothing outside of the consciousness of God except man who can make a choice not to be conscious of God or to reject God. When you fill your house with praise and worship, even the Brick and mortar rejoices. The atoms vibrate in all substances and nothing is at rest. This is a scientific fact. It is by these vibrations that scientists determine the molecular structure of these atoms. I believe they are rejoicing because of God. Secondly, we who are born again are New Testament priests unto God. And as such, we are to proclaim His praises. Have a look at this in 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. It says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, family, God's special possession. Why? That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. What an amazing truth is that. You have been chosen by God. You are here tonight because He wants you to hear this. You are chosen to declare His praises. Thirdly, musical instruments play to God is praise in itself, but also has an important function in leading us in praise and worship. Amen? Psalm 150 from verse 3. My goodness, look at this. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpets. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with strings and the pipe. Praise Him with the clash of the cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Music is this wonderful vehicle that we declare God's praise, especially in a corporate situation in our church services. Why? Why? because it unifies everyone and unity multiplies our efficacy. One will put a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand to flight. It's this great celebration when we as a family honour our Father God for all that He is and all that He has and continues to do in our lives. So question number two is, what is God's original Pattern of praise. You see, man-made religion and traditions have deviated far from God's original simple Bible instructions of praise. If you ever drive past the church and then you see a sign up that says silence church. Stilter. Man-made deviation. Be quiet. You may just disturb God. Now in Matthew chapter 6, have a look at this. Sorry, wrong one. Matthew chapter six and verse 10 be, "Jesus pray this thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." I want you to think about this. If we knew what was happening in heaven, we would know right away what to do right here on Earth, right? Now Bible gives us glimpses of how the heavenly hosts and the saints are praising God in heaven, and anything other or less than that, is man-made deviation from the original pattern. Now I want to show you four areas that are described in the Bible. Firstly, the four living creatures and the 24 elders. Now, this is amazing. Before I read this, I just these are the ones, let me just say this. They are the closest to the throne of God, and they are continually praising God. Now, before I read this, I just want you to imagine yourself standing right in the throne room of Almighty God, with his overwhelming glory just filling the place, his holiness wave upon wave. And this is what you're going to see in Revelation 4 from verse 8. It says, The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Now notice this, they were full of eyes. Can me think about this? As they are beholding God, they keep seeing a new facet of his holiness and all they can do is just cry out, holy, holy, holy for all of eternity. Watch this now. Carries on, it says, Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive honor. Glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. I mean, isn't that amazing? As they are declaring the holiness of God, the atmosphere is so thick and heavy with his glory that the 24 elders are slain in the Spirit right there in heaven. Secondly, we have a hundred trillion angels. Look at this. A hundred trillion angels join in this choir, praising God with a loud voice, together with, watch this, every created thing. Nothing and no one is excluded. Watch this in Revelation chapter 5 from verse 11, it says, Then I looked and I heard a voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, Watch this now. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, family, family, Nothing is excluded. I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. (laughs) This is a revelation of the magnificence of Almighty God. Do you know that right here in our congregation, we have had people that have actually seen and heard angels singing while we've been giving glory to God? amazing is that? So thirdly, the saints from all the ages and every nation join this choir and make an innumerable multitude and worship God in unison. In Revelation, have a look at this, from uh, chapter 7, from verse 9, it says, after these things I looked and behold a great multitude, which no one could number. I mean, I guess they just gave up trying to count, right? Carries on, it says of all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Family, family, We need to understand this. If we refuse to praise God and we resist God, He's not going to force Himself on us. We need to seek Him diligently and He will reveal Himself to us in all of His magnificence and glory. So fourthly, have a look at the praises of the innumerable multitude. Now in Revelation chapter 19, we'll see that their praises are so loud that John describes it as the sound of a mighty waterfall or an extremely loud thunder. Have a look here from verse 1. It says, After these things I heard the voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to our God. Verse 4 says, In the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God, who sat on the throne and said, Amen. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Then a voice came. From the throne saying, praise our God, all his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, a voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and the sound of a mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah for the Lord, our God, omnipotent reigns. Now, how many of you have been to the Victoria Waterfalls? I actually haven't been there, but I've seen clips on it, man. And when that water comes roaring down, the people watching it can't even hear each other. It is so, so loud. Now, the expression of the people in response to God's greatness in heaven is likened to that. Now, here on the house felt, we really know what a noisy thunderstorm sounds like, right? The sound of heaven is likened to that. Family, heavenly praise is definitely not quiet. Let's understand it is the devil that's trying to shut the church up because he used to be the worship leader in heaven and he well knows the power that there is in praise. Just go back to verse 5 and it says here, Praise, the Lord, praise our God all his servants, those who fear him, both small and great. I just want to remind you that in in Isaiah 25, verse 8, it says, The Lord God will wipe away tears. I can just imagine people who did not want to praise God, weeping at their stubbornness and failure to give Him the glory that He is worthy of. Let that not be one of us, family. So question number three is, why should I praise Well, let's firstly understand that God doesn't need our praise. Okay, come on. He's a self-sustaining God. He doesn't need anything from anybody. It is for our benefit, right? The more we praise Him, the more we become like Him. But God enjoys our praise. And it's the only thing He can't do for Himself. I'm going to show you four reasons that the Bible gives us to praise God. Firstly, God gets great pleasure out of His children who appreciate Him through praise. I mean, in Revelation 4 and verse 11, we see you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Now, how many of you out there are parents? I mean, how does it feel when your little child cuddles up in your lap and says, Mommy, Daddy, I love you so much. Is there anything that can compare with that? Except when my grandchild does that to me. Now, family, think about this. If we were created in the image and likeness of God the Father, who is the ultimate parent, how much more doesn't that apply? We can give him honor. Secondly, praise is the right thing to do. Psalm 147, verse 1, it says, praise the Lord. It's pretty easy to understand, right? Right? carries on and says how good it is to sing praises to our God, how pleasant and fitting to praise Him. Let us never get so familiar with God that we forget that He is the highest authority in the universe. Let us not pay more reverence and respect to our boss at work than we do to the king of all ages, family. We discussed how the 24 angels worship Him, how the four living creatures and the 24 elders fall down before Him, and the multitudes in heaven roar out their endless praise. They are an example to us that we can experience His glory right here. So thirdly, the Bible tells us that those who are alive are to praise God. So you look at that person right there with you, man. if they're breathing, you better say to them, you should praise, <laughs> right? In Psalm 150, verse 6, it says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me ask you this, who gave you breath? Let me tell you one day, if you don't have breath, it's going to be a bit too late. This is the time to praise Him. He is worthy. So fourthly, it is his appointed way that we can enter into his presence, fellowship with him, and receive his blessings. And we all know Psalm 100, verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. In this day and age, where the, the distinction between right and wrong just seems to be so marred, family, let us not forget the protocol. Of coming into the presence of the King of Kings. The entry ticket is praise. So, question number four is what is true worship? It's not just about the slow song, okay? Have a look at this. Man, hang on a minute, man is created in the image and likeness of God, a spirit being who has a soul and lives in a body. Now, the Bible tells us that God is spirit. Therefore, for God to be worshipped adequately, He must be worshipped in the spiritual realm from the spirit of man. Jesus Himself told us what true worship is. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. I mean, this is the hour that the Old Testament generals look down on us with such rejoicing because we have everything that they wish they had, the very presence of God inside of us. And it says the hour is coming and now is. What does that mean? That true worship will bring those things that we are believing for into the now. Therefore, true worship is from now. The Spirit, it's in tongues, and it's in harmony with what the Bible teaches, and that is truth. And we are told that the Father is seeking and desires such to be His worshippers. We can only worship God, who is a Spirit, correctly with the help and inspiration of the Holy Spirit in a heavenly tongue. Why? Well, because it's God connecting with God, and also our home language simply does not have enough words to proclaim the greatness of an ever-living God. So question number five is, how can I flow in this kind of worship? We see worship is a response to the revelation of who God is. So as we grow in this revelation, it's actually impossible not to worship Him. This is our new song from the Holy Spirit, singing in tongues, the song that he composed especially for us to sing. I'm going to show you just two aspects of this. Firstly, this type of worship must flow from our hearts. This is not just head knowledge, not just going through the motions. You can't fake it until you make it, okay? In Colossians 3 and verse 16, it says, "'Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom.'" teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts, in your hearts, family, to the Lord. Must come from the heart. Secondly, to worship God in the fullness of the Spirit is an instruction from the Lord Jesus Christ. We see this in John 4 and verse 24. God is Spirit. Those who worship Him must worship. In spirit and in truth. See, God wants us to sing praises to Him out of the innermost being, our hearts or our spirit. He wants us to experience that wave after wave of His glory and flow in this type of worship. Personally, I like to mix kind of singing songs that line up with the Word of God and then singing in the Spirit because it just helps me to keep my thoughts focused on God and His Word. And praying and singing in tongues with the help of the Holy Spirit inside of His family is blessing God in the Spirit and giving thanks well. You can read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 17. So question number six is, what are the benefits of praise and worship? You see, as we truly worship God in spirit and in truth, we actually enter into His presence and we put ourselves in a place where God can minister to us by His Spirit. God is always faithful to minister to those who reach out to Him. I just want to show you two benefits that we can receive as we do this. Firstly, freedom and deliverance from all bondage and oppression as we praise and worship God. Have you noticed that if there's going to be demons manifesting, it's always during the worship. Miracles during the worship. And I just want to also emphasize right now the importance of being in a freedom group, that we find freedom, that we stay free, that we help others to find freedom. Family, we need each other. We need to build each other up. We need to encourage one another. In Isaiah 61 and verse... Verse three, the kind of the deep part, it says that we should put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, this isn't just singing a song. It says the garments of praise. We need to walk in it. You got that? And then in Second Corinthians chapter three, verse sixteen, it says, "Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty." Alternatively, we can say, when the Spirit of the Lord is enthroned on our worship, there will be deliverance from all satanic oppression. Secondly, praise and worship prepares the soil of our hearts to receive the seed of God's Word when we're in the church services, so we can really take root and grow and bring forth an abundant harvest. We see this in Hosea 10 and verse 11, it says, Judah must plow. What does that mean? Judah means praise, and to plow means to to prepare the soil of our hearts. People who miss the praise and worship in the service, they only come to church to hear the word have unplowed or unprepared hearts. It's all head knowledge. The devil can steal the word and keep them unfruitful and barren as Christians. And some say they don't like praise and worship. But family, it is a revelation of God's word. That is what praise is. So what, what does that mean? There's no revelation. Or people say they didn't get anything out of the service. Or maybe they came late. So their hearts have not been prepared to receive. So the last question, and I want to leave you with this. Question number seven is, is there power in praise? When all else fails, let's understand praise is the language of faith it is god's language griping complaining criticizing condemning all the devil's language praise is the highest form of faith praising god keeps our thoughts and our words centered on god's ability and it releases him to deliver us when god is ruling or on the throne of our lives nothing is impossible We can see in the following scripture, our praise puts God on the throne. In Psalm 22, it says, Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. Praise therefore dethrones Satan and the problem and enthrones God and the solution. When we are in the middle of a problem situation, it is all the more reason that we should be praising God. In fact, I mean, that's the hard part. It's easy to do a happy dance and and sing praise when our prayer's just been answered. But man, when we've prayed and we believe believe, and it still seems like that answer's just not coming, that's when we need to praise. You see, because when we pray, we receive. So we gotta thank Him. We see in the following extracts from the Bible, people in bad situations need to praise God the most because He causes the harassing demons to stop their activities. Have a look here. Do not let the oppressed retreat in disgrace. May the poor and needy praise your name. It doesn't matter what we're going through. God is faithful and worthy. In Psalm 8 and verse 3, from the lips of children, and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies, to silence the foe and the avenger. Family, even baby Christians can silence the enemy through praise. Now in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we really see this principle in action. We have here three nations and their armies coming against a weakened, defenseless, powerless tribe of Judah. And King Jehoshaphat prayed, turned the people's attention to God's deliverance. He called the whole nation to pray and fasting. And as they stood in the presence of God, God spoke through one of the prophets and said, as they trust Him, He would fight the battle for them. The next morning they gathered as an army, knowing God was going to fight for them. And King Jehoshaphat placed the musicians and the singers right in the front. And the Bible says the moment they started singing, the enemy nations started attacking each other. By the time King Jehoshaphat and his army got to the battleground, all three enemy nations were completely destroyed. And you know what? It took Judah three days to collect all of the plunder. Then not only does God fight for us, but He pours out blessing over us. He just, God loves it when we use our faith and trust Him for the impossible. Faith is believing we receive. What better way to demonstrate it than in praise. Judah's enemies destroyed each other as God set ambushes against them. Judah did not even lift a sword, but simply kept on praising, God for His everlasting kindness. You better believe this took faith. Now I have a question for each and every one of us. And that is, if we cannot praise God in the good times, how are we ever going to praise Him in the hard times? So right now, I want you to stand right where you are because we are going to praise Him like never ever before. Come on band, come forward. Let's do this. Come on, stand where you are. Just give Him praise. You take. come on. evening you you logged in and you're looking at this and you're saying i don't even know this god i've heard about him but i don't really know him Well, I want you to know, friend, I'm going to change, we're going to change this tonight. If you want, I would like to pray with you, and that's going to change, and you're going to know God, not just know of Jesus, know Jesus. Know that you will have a place in heaven for all of eternity. Know that you are chosen and blessed and to become a child of God, and be sure that you are going to heaven. And maybe tonight you say, you know what, I just... I feel so far from God. There's just been so many circumstances and so many things that have happened around me that I just feel like I'm not connecting. Well, this is your time tonight. And I'm going to ask you right there where you are, if you would do one of those three things, you want to see Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you want to be sure that you're going to heaven. You want to rededicate your life to God right now. Come on, family. We're going to say this prayer together. Just close your eyes and say this. Precious Father... Thank you for Jesus. He sacrificed his life so I can be in the family of God. And right now, Jesus, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I receive forgiveness for all of my sins and I forgive all those that have hurt and harmed me. In Jesus' name, I am now a child of God. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God.